Tickets to check out the 2018 Vans Warp Tour. That's at Blossom July 18th. We'll get you into that coming up around 9.30. Fantonio Cavaliers coming alive last night. LeBron scores, what, 27? Takes on the Raptors, beats them? Feeling, uh, feeling pretty good about the Cavaliers at the moment, dude. Not going to lie about that one. Obviously, this has been a very, very up-and-down season, and mostly down, I mean, if we're going to be really honest about it. Um, but what matters most is what happens in the springtime going into the summer, and it seems like the Cavaliers have found their step at the right time, um, or at least have found it a little bit more better footing than they had you know, uh, three months ago. LeBron does a very good job of when it matters – he shows you he's still the man. Right. And people believe this Toronto Raptors team, they're on the rise. They're really good. They might be the best team in the East. And LeBron hears all that. And we know, dude, he hasn't been resting games. He's going to play all. It looks like he's going to play every single game. Yep. He hasn't been resting games. But, dude, they rest games in which he plays. Like, that's just, but that's smart. It's not, it's not a knock. It's smart. You're saving yourself for when it really matters. But he's heard the chatter of the Toronto Raptors. He's heard it. Like, oh, maybe they're better than the Cavs now. And then what happens? He's just showing you, I'm just waiting for playoff mode. Two he is. I mean, dude, he's going to go to, what is this, going to be the seventh or eighth straight finals if he makes it? It's like, we know that's who he is and that he's just kind of saving it until then. And given the fact that there's as much uncertainty going on in the Western Conference that way more than I thought there would be when I had made my uh, you know, initial prediction, I was telling our buddy Dustin yesterday, who was the first one to say to me, actually, it was like, I think October, he's like, dude, they're going to screw around and win it all this year. And I was like, what? I thought he was nuts. But given the fact that there's some uncertainty in the West, like it, maybe that does happen now. Maybe that is what happens. Um, it, at the end of the day, I think that's probably uh, what could be best for the Cavaliers here in the sense of that uncertainty happening out West. Um, whoever does come out of that, you know, out of, out of that conference, out of you know that, that that bracket over there, they're definitely going to have gone through hell. You Battle. know what I mean? Like they're, they're they're going to have gone through hell. Now, don't get me wrong. I know the the Cavaliers kicked the Raptors' ass last night, and it feels good. And LeBron makes a further case for his you know his MVP cause here. Um, but Toronto's still going to be good. So the Cavaliers aren't necessarily going to cakewalk out of the East. But when it comes down to it, you're going to be dealing with a banged up team fighting for that championship, and that's a really good place for the Cavs to be. If he wins the title this year, I think I I have to change my opinion. I think he stays. But more importantly than that, the one thing, like people are starting to make the argument now that that he's never going to catch Jordan in the amount of titles won. So that what he could do then is go to a third team, win a third title with three different teams, and now it's like, dude, nobody's done this. Look at me. I'm the man. Right? Where I think that that is still possible, that there should be another argument much like that one if if they win this year, which is, dude, imagine Jordan flipping a roster over twice in a season right. and then winning the title. I don't think he could have done it. You, well, I mean, like, and it, obviously it was a different world back then, and free agency didn't exist in the same fashion, and it was just different. But yes, I mean, you look at you look at how hard that is. Um, I think it was Clyde Drexler talking on ESPN yesterday, um, talking about the guys that LeBron played wor- with versus the guys that Jordan, you know, played with, and 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 why he feels like that really does add to LeBron's case. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it gives it gives LeBron points there. Is that you've taken guys who are genuine nobodies into the NBA Finals on multiple occasions before where Jordan had a team full of of you know yeah, upper but, upper echelon talent. But, but yet it's always it's always sold to you 
that LeBron needs his help. He had to go to Miami. He had to team up with Dwayne Wade. He's got to get players. He needs free agents. And that that Michael kind of did this like on his own. I, I I think that at least a part of that is is that it's ridiculous, is what it is. Yes, I mean it, it is absolutely ridiculous. But at, at the end of the day, um, you didn't have the same superstar power. You know what I'm saying? Where LeBron, yes, is certainly the star of the NBA and has been for the past 15 years. Um, but Jordan was just on a whole nother level where it feels like there's a lot of like secondary stars to LeBron. A minus. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I you know I, I guess Jordan had his fair share too. I mean the guy played with you know Magic Johnson and Larry. Bird and, and and Clyde Drexler and like a million dudes and you know Hakeem, but at, at the same time, I think I think LeBron has always just kind of had a little bit more. You know, those guys were all basketball stars. Michael was like a. Although that's kind of what's happening now with LeBron, where it's like you know some of these other guys that play in basketball are basketball stars, but like he's like the global star. And a huge part of it too is revisionist history. I mean, you look back on things and you remember it the way that you want to, and it was Michael on the on the poster, so it's like, all right, well then it must have just been him by himself, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, dude, fair. he's the guy I see on the shoe, so it was just him, right? That's fair. That's fair. I. uh if they win the title this year, I that that might be one of the most amazing things that's ever happened. If they do, and why not? I mean, th- that's what I'll say is why not. Um, but I, I'm still not predicting that yet. I I, I want to be optimistic about the Cavs. I want to feel good about what's happening as they as they walk into the spring here. But I don't know, man. I there's there's still a lot of basketball left to be played before something like that happens. You're talking about the spring. They're saying we're going to get into this in a little while, actually. Around you know late in the seven o'clock hour, but they're calling dude for Friday to be a like a like a wintry mess awesome. for the home opener. Right now, again. Like, I've seen people been saying, like, stuff, like, over the last few days, like, I guess I'll throw all of my summer clothes, don't need them. And it's like, dude, how long have you lived in Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> like, how yeah. long have you lived here? I, dude, I remember, like, again, we used to carry the Indians at one of the stations I worked at. And we hosted opening day every year. It snowed like three years straight. Yeah, I mean, this isn't an unheard of thing. I mean, it's still April, the beginning of April. So, like, you can't necessarily be shocked when literally, what was it, two days ago, we woke up and there was like three inches of snow on cars. Piss me off. Yeah. Piss me off. More importantly, we're burying the lead. What are we got here? We're burying the lead. I don't even know what the lead is. Calves and the NBA. NBA weather. What else you got? Stansberry, tell us about the gym. What do you got? What do you know? Tell us what the lead is here. Indians. Tomorrow is the sporting event, buddy. What the Masters starts tomorrow. What is that? Hello, the Masters? Friends. Hello, friends. Yeah. Little Jim uh, Nance tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited. Tiger says he's in great shape. Okay. Says he's going to win it. Okay. Feeling good about Tiger? You feeling like, feeling? I mean, he might win it? Or? Eh, eh, eh. I think it's, I can't remember if it's 11 or 12. I think he puts it in the water. We've uh, we've talked about this before. As long as he's in competition, that's a win for golf. Win. You know what I'm saying? Big, as long win. as he's he, as long as his name's on the TV screen, like that's all. That's all that really. When matters. he was on the first sheet of the leaderboard on Saturday of that last tournament where he was doing really well, I think TV ratings were up like something like forty percent. Well, I mean, especially now in the times of like social media, when it's like, oh damn, Tiger's dude, he's coming alive, and you start seeing those tweets, and everyone's You're like, like yeah, gotta go to right, it. Well, gotta go dude, to it. I'll go turn that. Gotta on. go to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I hope he plays well. This is what I this is what I wouldn't want more than anything. I want it to be a great tournament four days long. I want Tiger to be in the hunt the entire way. I want Sunday to come down to him and one other guy. And I want Tiger to lose by like a stroke or two. I want him to be close and not win. I think 
that that almost factor, I think, will get people like he's almost there, and I think it'll keep people coming. If he wins the Masters, the average golf fan, the next tournament out goes, I don't care. Yeah, all right, Tiger Woods. I don't care, right? right? He won the one we really care about. Outside, do wake me up when he's in the U.S. Open. Where if he gets close and doesn't nail it, I think people will tune in the next week after that, and then maybe we can help drive some viewership. Because I think, honestly, that sport is in some real trouble if he doesn't turn it around. I think it's in some real, honest to God, real trouble if Tiger doesn't get it all the way turned back around. We have a Florida File story. You're getting that next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sega's Very Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also on iHeartRadio. Like all your favorite music and all your favorite stations are. Download iHeartRadio. Start thumbing songs up or down. We'll go to work picking out more stuff that sounds like that. You'll be happier. That wasn't even scheduled. That one was a free Stansberry right there, dude. Yeah, I got, got sat down to talk to. Must have. No, I just didn't have anything else to say right <laughs> I was like, well, what are we going to talk about now? All right, throw the company a bone. Yep, words have to come out at this point. Throw them a bone there. 9.30, we'll uh, get you hooked up with Warp Tour tickets. So, I saw this, and I, this is, I don't, I don't get it. All right. But there's a high school student who had told police once upon a time that he had violent outbursts. Okay, so he broke into a chicken coop. David Andrew Jimenez, 17, has been charged with a felony uh, and animal cruelty and some trespassing and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, dude, throw the book at him. Whatever's yeah. happening here. Dude, he broke into a chicken coop and bit the head off of a chicken. He went full Ozzy. Uh, Never go full Ozzy. Uh, um, the chicken was one of the several live animals displayed at a farm-to-table event held at uh, at this guy at, at this kid's school over the weekend. All right, farm to table, you know, the whole point of that is like, you know, to eliminate the middleman essentially right there. So maybe this kid was trying to go from like coop to table or, you know, just right in the mouth there. So they have some surveillance that showed there was activity near this area around 1 a.m. And around 5 a.m., a teacher arrived at the school and discovered that several eggs had been thrown at the doors of the gym. And, And actually, when they looked inside the gym, more eggs had been broken in there. The teacher spotted the headless chicken lying in the hallway near the training room. The teacher and school administrator then checked out the coop near the gym and found that the chicken severed head. Oh, so they found all right. So they found the body of the chicken in the school without the head. They go back to the coop and that's where and they found the head in there. Okay. So, dude, not only did he bite the head off this chicken, but then he carried the body around. Now, did it run around? Isn't that what they always say? Cut chicken with the head cut off. Now, I was just gonna ask you. Is that one of those things I believe because I've been told so many times, or is that legitimately true? No, I think there's still like nervous reaction happening within the body of the chicken as it gets its head cut off. I I mean, somebody listening right now has worked at Case Farms before. Like, I guarantee it. If you tweet in, send us a message, something like that. I'd love to know. Is that just your translator to tweet in? (laughs) I mean, if I mean, if we're gonna, we're gonna, if we're gonna solicit for the help, let's at least do it properly. We need to understand it. You're right. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm not gonna. Understand that. 
You know what I mean? No habla. I uh, I do think that that's a thing, though. Yeah, I do. Th- I, I do think that's a thing. But I don't necessarily think that that's what happened here. I mean, I'm sure the kid, if you're deranged enough to stick a live chicken's head in your mouth, and that's the thing too. Is like, not only am I going to be like intimidated, like the thing's got its head in your mouth. Was it biting your tongue? It's got to be right. It's like trying to survive. I mean, they're um, th- yeah, they're uh, they're aggressive creatures. At the very least, it knows that it it sh- its head should not be going in your mouth. You know what I mean? So it's going to start fighting back, I would assume. They're like small dinosaurs. They're watching Jurassic Park over No, here. they dude, they are. Like I no, like I um I follow a couple of people on Twitter who uh-huh. actually raise chickens, who have them in their yard and like are are constantly talking about the benefits of like raising a chicken and having the eggs there and like getting your own <sighs> eggs and that kind of thing. Now look, I don't know if it's for me. But they were like, they were like, you know, people think chickens are like this cute, like cuddly thing, and they're not. They're actually very vicious. I understand if you want like brown eggs and you want them to have free roam and they can feed on grass. I get that. I don't get having chickens in your backyard. I get going to like the farm, you know what I'm saying, or the farmer's market and getting eggs that aren't necessarily like the the eggs that are at the grocery store. Okay, I, I can make room yeah. for that, but I, I I I cannot I cannot understand. Where it's like, oh well, we get our own eggs every morning, and it's like, are you on? I mean, like, is that is that like are you using that many eggs? Where it's like, you, like you need a chicken on site? You know, big families probably. Yeah, I mean, you're talking you're talking about breakfast with you know three four kids. I could see it. But yeah. isn't if you have three four kids, you're giving them pop tarts? Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest right now, dude. Okay, yes, probably. I, dude, I would like to get into a little simple farming. Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, I would. I would like, I, no, hear me out. All right, I will. There are certain, I don't even know how certain things are grown, though, so I don't even know if it's plausible. But, like, I would really like, a couple of chickens wouldn't be a bad idea. If I could get my own eggs, that would be great. I eat a lot of eggs, dude, because they're high in protein. So I would, I would be into that. Okay. It's very. And, dude, I, I eat a lot of peppers. Like green, red, and like you know, yellow pepper. Like I eat a lot of that kind of stuff. So like growing those, dude, those are expensive. Buying those are a lot of money. Downtown Canton, they've got a, uh, they've got a, they've got a, you know, community do, garden. No, see, that's just it. I want a garden. I don't want a community. I, I mean, I want a garden. I uh, well, I, dude, if you're gonna be a farmer, you're gonna have to live that community life. Somebody's gonna have to help you raise the barn and all that stuff, dude. I, no, I'm not gonna have cows. That one stands very. Here's the thing, like, dude, I don't, I could not slaughter a cow. No, dude. And, and, and like, and like break a cow down and like, you know, it'll dissect the beef out. What, an, what animal are you slaughtering, dude? None. You're not cutting a head chicken's head now, off. Nope. He, here's the thing. Actually, no, no I don't, I, I don't really have it in me. I remember when I was a kid. All right. Like I lived next to what is called the channel in Aurora Shores and it feeds into the lake. Right. right? And so I lived next to a body of water. And when you live next to water, what happens is you get geese con- nonstop. And my dad hated these goddamn geese. Oh, for sure. Canadian geese are the worst. Because they just kept dumping out in the yard. And, honk, he, got, honk. and he would step it. All this stuff, right? I'm sure. And I'm he sure hated he these things. So it was like one winter, like me and my friends were like walking on top of the water because, you know, the ice was, it was right. frozen over, right? And so we're doing that thing, pretending we're playing hockey and doing that whole thing. And, you know, you're just boys being boys. And so, like, a couple of my buddies start, like, balling up snowballs and start right. whipping them at the heads of these geese. And I wouldn't do it. 
<laughs> all my friends started calling me like a puss and like, dude, what are you queer? Like you won't do it. And I remember like thinking like the rest of the day, I was like, maybe something is wrong with me. Like all my friends are maniacs who think it's hilarious to hurt these animals. And I'm like, no, that's mean. Am I gay? <laughs> like... Legitimately. You know what I mean? Cause I like, and again, I was like 10. So you go to your bedroom and it's like, wow, I was molested by a neighbor. And now I don't Something's like, happening I, don't here. Like, I don't like throwing snowballs at things that are alive. Maybe it is. Maybe I should just, you know, go no. be an altar boy. Dude, at the end of the day, you're going to be dealing with chickens in the backyard. I mean, just like, like, let's be real about that. Like, why wouldn't you just go to the grocery store? You're going there for other stuff anyway, right? Well, that's the best argument you got. Right. I mean, like, it's not like it's not like you're saying, like, dude, I'm going to go, you know, I'm, I'm going to go live the Emerson lifestyle and I'm going to go live out in the woods all by myself. And then, yeah, maybe you need chickens or something like that. But, dude, well, you're going to Giant Eagle anyway. Just go buy the eggs. Right? right? I think the noise of the chickens in my backyard eventually gets to me. Like the constant whatever the hell that noise is. Like I I just, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could either. I don't think I would just bite the head. But I could see myself swinging one around by the neck because it wouldn't shut up. There's a, uh, there's like a local farm around here. It's called Zoe Farms. And I always see this dude posting on Facebook. He's like a young dude. He's, you know, gave up his life to be like a, you know, like a natural farmer doing his thing out really? there. We should see if we, we could, uh, we could uh, like take a little, uh, little day on the farm. You know what I mean? Stansberry show live on the farm, baby. Dude, if I get rubber waders on, <laughs> dude, imagine the video of me milking a cow. Have you ever done that? No, no, you gotta get out there. So, dude, milking a cow is harder than you I'm think it is. Sh- no, I'm sure it's very hard. I don't think it's easy. No, I had to do that once. I can't remember why I was doing that. I think my dad was involved in a charity of a farm that gave milk to people who were poor or something like that. <laughs> but like there's a I have a great picture of him doing it and then I think he made me and my brother do it too. That was weird. <laughs> it was. It was weird. I remember thinking to myself like this is not this is weird. First of all, I'm not used to this motion yanking down. It's normally <laughs> out. I wasn't used to that, the, the downward motion of milking the cow. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. I, uh, I got lucky enough to get sent a copy of the new Red Sun Rising record yesterday. Ooh. Their new one, Thread, is the name of the album. All right. And uh, I took a listen to it while I was at the gym. And I found like four songs on it I really, really like, which I think is, I mean, that's the mark of a pretty good record. I mean, yeah. if you get like four of them that you, you know what I mean? And I'm only one listen through. But there's a song I can't stop listening to. It's called Clarity. Um, it's not the single they're pushing right now, but we may end up pulling that and playing that for New Tour Tuesday next week because I really believe the song's pretty good. Red Sun Rising, the pride of Akron, Ohio right, right. there. Screw LeBron. Screw Keith Kennedy. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, screw Keith Kennedy. <laughs> sure, yeah. For sure. Uh, I, will, uh, I will tell you that tomorrow I will be showing up to work in full, not full, but in, uh, I will be here tomorrow in Masters uniform. Okay. Uh, the Masters golf tournament starts tomorrow, Augusta, Georgia. Tiger Woods says he's confident, says he feels confident, says he's going to win. There are a lot of people are predicting him to win. Uh, but I am excited, obviously, about the Masters. It's one of the most important golf tournaments of the year. Uh, if you ask me, it outside of when the Ryder Cup is played, you know, every four years, I think that this is a lot of people will tell you the U.S. Open. For me, I prefer the Masters. 
Um, I just, it, it's one of these tournaments that just sucks me in. I watch them all, but I do really, really love this one. As a matter of fact, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. Because I cut the cord, bro. And right. like DirecTV normally has like really good Masters coverage. And people are telling me I can just sign up for DirecTV now. And I guess then I can just like watch that via my cell phone. And like I can kind of do that. Yeah, and but are you going to sit there and watch the whole thing on your phone? Well, I can cast it to my TV. Okay. Then. Like okay. I have one of those. So I'll be able to do that. You know what I mean? Um, so like, I don't know, but that's, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll just go to the bar maybe I'll be that guy. I'll just post up and drink pints all day and like, just, you know, scream, get in the hole every time it happens. Yeah. But is I mean, I feel like that's an option for a game where it's like, all right, I've got two, three hours here of like watching one thing. But I mean, the masters is kind of, it's an all day event, right? You're oh, going to yeah. be, you're going to oh, be sitting yeah. there watching different golfers well, it's also and things like that. Days. Right. So I don't know if that's necessarily your best option either. I don't I, uh, feel like, but, but I do want to see it. I will obviously. Want to see it, you know, on Sunday? Amen. Corner on Sunday is like one of the one of the greatest things in sports. Give me your honest take on: uh, Are you happy you cut the cord? Are you? Uh, where do you stand on that? Because I feel like it came out, dude. And you were gangbusters. You were like, dude, shoving in people's faces all the time. I'm a cord cutter, and now it's a little bit taken back. And I feel like now that you know, maybe maybe like reading into good sports and stuff. All right, so I, I think if I'm going to be honest about it, that. Most times I don't think about it. Right. But when I wish I didn't do it, I really right. wish I didn't do it. Right. On a Tuesday afternoon, don't it's like I can all. watch Friends on Netflix or I can watch it on TBS. Who cares? But Super when it's, Bowl, yeah. Masters, NBA Finals. Like, dude, when LeBron's really making a push deep in the playoffs, I'm going to be bummed. Like, I will. There's no doubt. Like, and I could see myself breaking and going back. It's this. There are people make it sound easier than it is. Like, legitimately, if you want to be a cord cutter, you do have to understand that you are just going to miss things. The things that you used to think right. were like, this is unmissable. Right. Like, you are going to miss stuff. Um, it, it's nobody. And then, and I know it's going to happen. And this isn't even what I had scheduled to talk about here, but like, people are going to start sending me all th- this stuff now. What about PlayStation View? What about this? What about this? And Fantone, when you look into those things, once you pay for your internet bill from your cable company right. and you add PlayStation View, guess what? I'm paying the same amount of money that my cable bill was. You've already caught back so up to it. So why am I doing? Then why am I going to four different providers to give me the one thing to, 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 to not save money? Right, and you have to crack this code of like, all right, well, I need Hulu, we need HBO Go, we need the, you know, we need Netflix, we need you know all these different things. And right, it's like, and now and now do now well, do we need the Slingbox to watch this? And if I want to get this game, like, how am I going to have to do this? And now watch this. Just get a fire stick and jailbreak it. I have it. Right, my buddy sold me a jailbroken fire stick a year ago, and here's the thing: yeah, he can steal movies, yeah, yeah he can steal TV shows, yeah. but it's so unreliable. You never know when stuff's going to be up. You got to stop and restart the goddamn thing all the time, refresh it. Plus, then on top of that, you're stealing. You are stealing, yeah. and sooner or later, they're going to knock on your door and they're going to put you in handcuffs and they're going to take you away. I know that you don't think so. Just like that kid in Solon didn't think he was going to get hit with a four million dollar fine from Napster, but he did. Go to jail, fire broken fire stick is more like it. Get your ass to jail. I mean, fool. dude, eventually they're coming for you. Um, and and and, and I mean, I get it. Like, you want something reliable, and it's 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 something. It's one of those things where it's like you can if you if you really made the argument of like, well, I'm trying to save money, and that is my top priority. That's my number one priority. Then yes, you cut the cord and you pay for one of those streaming services, and you deal with you know the lack of options that you have. And yeah, you did save some money there. But you're right. You start adding them all up together. And if you start throwing it all in there, you're going to come up with the same bill that you had. Like, I actually did try to steal something from my Fire Stick right. on Monday. 
right? There's a show. My All right. So I went in with a friend of mine. Her name's Jessica. And I went in with a friend of mine on some streaming services. She pays for a handful. I pay for a handful. And then we share each other's passwords and okay. like stuff. You're not supposed to do that. Ultimately, that's stealing, too. It is. The company wants to be able to sell it to me and her. They're not. They're only selling it to one of us. We are ripping them off. I understand that. Why do they give you the option then? You know what I'm saying? That's weird. You know why? It's because people have four kids and, well, they have this iPad and this. It's one of those things where it's like it's a loophole that people take advantage of, I think. I don't know. Maybe they're okay with it. I don't know. But ultimately, that's what happened. But so I had her Amazon Prime password. So I was able to watch everything on Amazon. And they had cable. And they were paying for Showtime through their cable. So I was able to watch a show on Showtime called Billions, which I think is one of the best shows on television. It is so very good. So I go Monday, and I try to watch it, and it wouldn't let me in. So I call her. I was like, yo, what happened here? And she's like, oh, well, we did cancel Showtime. So I was like, all right. So I plugged in my jailbroken fire stick, right? I was like, all right. I don't want to do this. I rally against it all the time. I shouldn't do this. I'm a total hypocrite. But here we go. I'm going to try to steal. You plug it in. Officer Lamar Sharp knocking on your door. Says, man, get your ass out here. No, he just won let in okay. so he could watch it. <laughs> okay, all right. All and sure enough, I hit the button, no stream available. Now, it's been a couple of days, maybe there's a stream now. But you see what I'm saying? Like, to, 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 to right, cut the cord right. and get one of those sticks and think that you've end-arounded all this stuff is crazy. You're still going to miss a bunch of stuff. So to answer your question, most times I don't care at all. But when I do care, I care a great deal. So you got to weigh that out. Is it worth it to you to do that? In the end... I see myself going back and reinstalling the cable. Reconnecting. There. I see myself at some point connecting the cable back. It's not quite as easy as everybody makes it out to be. We had uh, This nation had another tragedy, another shooting uh, happened yesterday. I'm sure a lot of you know a little bit about this. We'll uh, weigh in next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 6.9. Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock Online for you, WRQK.com, and passing out $1,000 here momentarily. Uh, I would imagine that most of you have heard by now that there was a, another shooting in this country yesterday, this time at the headquarters of YouTube. And I thought for sure when I had heard that there was a shooting at YouTube that this was going to be about the fact that they had been suppressing videos of like how-to videos from gun advocates and people who sell guns and the like and instructional videos on weaponry that they were going to look to suppress that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, somebody's going to go overboard here. This is obviously what this was. Turns out, no, it really wasn't that. Where police have I identified the shooter as Nassim Ogdom, 39. She's of uh, Southern California. And again, she, and somebody hit me up with this yesterday and they were like, isn't this crazy? You were just saying the other day that, when a shooting like this happens, the first thing you think of, this is obviously a man, and that you couldn't remember the last time we had seen a female commit a, a, a random act of shooting like this. And I think it is rare. I don't know how rare, but I, I, from what I understand and from the stories I report and do on the show, it is pretty rare. Um, her father says he reported his daughter missing on Monday after she did not answer her phone for a couple of days. He said the family received a call from uh, Mountain View police around 2 a.m. And they had found her sleeping in a car. Um, he said he warned them she might be headed to YouTube because she hated that company. So her I, apparently, according to her, her father, he had told the cops, like, look, she hates YouTube and maybe that's where she was going. 
Mountain View Police Spokeswoman Katie Nelson confirmed officers located a woman by the same name asleep in her vehicle in a parking lot on Tuesday morning. Um, they also say that the woman declined to answer further questions, but the police spokeswoman did not respond to a question about whether police were warned um, they, that she might go to YouTube. Hey, but what are cops supposed to do in that moment? You know what I mean? Yeah, your yeah. dad can say that, hey, she she hates YouTube, but it's probably like, what? okay, you know what I mean? Like, right. there's, there's, there's companies that I'm like, oh, dude, F that company, but, you, you know, you can't arrest somebody, you know. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, in, in, in the wake of this, when you hear that, People then want, right? They call for essentially for this woman's rights to be trampled on, right? Retroactively, and it's like not. It doesn't necessarily work like that. And if you apply that logic, then what's going to happen is this is going to happen to you in a case where you're not looking to shoot up YouTube. You know what I mean? But I will say, I was shocked to find out that this was that this was a woman. I was shocked by this. A, I do believe men are a little bit more prone to act on their violent tendencies. I don't know if we have more violent thoughts than women. I think it's, uh, at least to me, I don't know if it's obvious, but to me, it seems like men are more prone to act on them or to give in to those violent tendencies. I don't right. know if we think about them any more than women do. Um, but I, 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 it is rare to see a woman do this. Um, and again, in, in the wake of like a shooting we are sold this, you know, the, this that that the white male is like the, the ultimate terrorist of the world and this and that. And this is obviously flies in the face of this just a little bit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, dude, all people pushed to a point are capable of what's happened here. Now, did they get into why she hated YouTube so much? What was this all about? Like, I guess what? they were demonetizing her videos. Like YouTube, I guess, over the last like six months, maybe a year, has been changing how they pay content providers who post videos to their website. Does, did it get into like what her video? I mean, like what they were, like what, like what, like I, I guess I just don't understand like what what would cause you to be like so anti YouTube? I, I guess I, I can understand like eh, I don't like this this platform, but I just don't understand. And what like causes hatred? Um, I, I they have since deleted or stopped the the, the streaming of her videos, okay. which I obviously get. You yeah. know what I mean? That I get I, I get why they would do that. Um, I don't know what her actual videos were. Was she like trying to be a singer? Like was that? I, what it was? I do not. I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't know. It, 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 to me, like you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You can get worked up about anything, but it's just such a random like. I'm so pissed at YouTube, the company. I'm just going to go in there and just start, you know, firing shots off at random employees. I, I, I don't know. Something about it just doesn't add up to me. Her YouTube accounts had been demonetized, meaning that she was not earning significant revenue from her uploads to the site. I'm getting this from foxnews.com. The company demonetizes some channels for reasons including inappropriate material or having fewer than 1,000 subscribers. Text superimposed on one of the screenshots reads, my revenue for 300,000 views is 10 cents. Um, I've definitely heard that before. I mean, like that you're, I mean, that's a, I think a big misconception that people have is like, oh, I had a video go viral. Therefore I'm going to be rich. No, you're not like I dude, You can get a million views on something and you're not, you're, you're not going to be making like, I, I, I doubt at that point you're even making like salaried money. You're not no. even making like a year's worth of money there. So it's not no. it's not this like oh hey you know the you know uh, you know Melinda Brown Duncan she had a video go viral on YouTube she's got to be rich no she doesn't <laughs> like not at all no I, I just like people have a misconception of what certain professional people make 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, people, like, again, like, if, so, if the average person found out what the person who works at Fox 8 in the morning and does, like, that morning show right, makes, right. if people found out what those people actually make, it's still a lot of money, but it's not the amount of money people, th- like, do we, I, and I know this because when I meet people and they say to me, like, well, when money gets brought up and I, I'll ask people, well, what do you think I make? And they'll tell me and I'll get blown away and I'll laugh. And I'll be like, guys, I'm not even in in that neighborhood. I'm not even anywhere near that. You know what I mean? I think people, there's a little bit of that. When it's, again, much like, well, my favorite podcast is on YouTube. Right. That dude's got to be loaded. It's like, no, he's not. Just because, I mean, just because there's a camera and or a microphone involved doesn't necessarily mean that any any money's really going to be following you there. At all. Um, I, You know, I, I, at the end of the day, you just have to be happy that nobody died here. You know what I'm saying? Because well, like, Well, right. I mean, like, none of the victims had died here. This was... She shot three other people and then shot herself. Right. right. And, yeah. and, the, and the, this... I guess turned out as best as it could. It, it is silver lining, best case scenario. Um, it's going to be interesting to see w- what the response to this is today. Um, it, it's it, it, now it's not a school, so it's not kids. Yeah, and so like the emotions not going to ring like that would. No dead bodies. The only thing that this is is woman. You know what I'm saying? So I think there will be some some traction there. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah, because much right. like me, I think there are going to be people who hear this story, see this story, or report this story, who are like, you know what? This is a variable that we normally do not see inside these scenarios. It's very interesting. I mean, inter- and I see interesting is the wrong word because that makes it sound like I'm excited about it. That's not. That's not the case. It's just. It is. I mean, normally, like I said, when I hear there was a dude, somebody went to, walked into a building and started shooting people. I was like, yeah, that was probably a man. So to find out that it was a woman was a little bit different for me. Every single hour on the program, your shot at $1,000. Your next one is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Also online at WRQK.com. And we have Warp Tour tickets for you. 9.30, we'll pass those out. That's uh, at Blossom, July 18th. Get you into that. I have three different articles around different things all on the same subject. Okay. Okay? And this is all about what's happening behind the wheel of cars every day in America. Okay. Okay, Let's. so we'll start with the young people. It's pretty important here. Oh, yeah. One in three young adults, Fantone, admits to riding with an impaired driver. One in three. Now, my guess is that's actually higher. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one in three is a low number. The study published in the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs included over 2,000 people in the year or two after high school. According to this study, 33% of participants said that they had ridden with an impaired driver at least once in the, in the in this past year. The impaired driver was most often a friend according to the study and binge drinking and marijuana were associated with a higher likelihood of riding with an impaired friend. And I would imagine so they're probably the most readily available things when you're that age. Yes, yes, yes. Right? I mean that just makes sense. The study also says that the odds of driving while impaired increase for those who have ridden with impaired drivers and I could see that too. 
right? You're always told, oh, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You ride with a friend who was kind of buzzed up a little bit, and then nothing bad happened. We didn't you die. Think, well, yeah, we didn't die. Obviously, yeah. no. Nah, maybe this isn't as, as bad as people tell me. I could see how the young mind could sell yourself on that. The study suggests that the need for more tailored programs focusing on peer norms regarding substance abuse and impaired driving as a way to deal with the problem. And I'm sure, uh, you know, that that has maybe something to do with it there. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably higher than that. If you have a teen in high school and they're of driving age, they have ridden or driven with somebody who is, you know what I mean, or, or have driven themselves while being impaired more time, honestly, a lot. I, th- I I think it's probably a lot. Yes, and all you have to do is look back into your own life. And I mean, like, I'm not trying to say, like, ah, boys will be boys and you can do what you want. But, like, it's a very common thing to happen. I can just remember, honestly, being, like, not just irresponsible, but, like, grossly irresponsible. Like, 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 like to the point where it's, like, I look back on it and I'm like, God, dude, like, what were you thinking? Like, how did you think that that was what you should be doing? So the numbers as of six years ago were you have to drive like the average person would drive 77 times either drunk or high before you'd either get caught or get into an accident because of it so it's one of those things where people can do it a lot and and then so what happens then is it starts to lull you into this false sense of security about it especially i mean when you consider all, all things here through my entire life well, more than 77 times, and I never got arrested. I never got into an accident. Right. Of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's very easy to be like, ah, dude, everything's fine, whatever, who cares? Um, I get that you have a sense of invincibility when you're young, and I mean, they say two years after high school, so essentially up until the age of 21 right there, you have this thought that nothing can touch you and nothing's going to happen to you, but like... Oof. I remember being a kid, and uh, my brother had some problems with alcohol while I was growing up, and um, he's much better now. But like there were times where I remember like he was picking me up and taking me places and I could tell I was like, dude, my brother's drunk right now. And I remember being a kid and going, well, he wouldn't do anything that would harm me, though. Right. It's not that bad. Like My brother loves me. Like, there's no way. he's. But again, that's what when people are are under these influences, they're not thinking clearly. And yes, I mean, and, and hard for you to wrap your mind around that as a child. Um, and don't get me wrong. Obviously, alcohol is still a very big thing. And, you know, we can talk about the safety of marijuana and like, well, can you smoke, drive stone and be safe about it? Um, but we also have to factor in, I mean, like serious drugs and i mean like how many times do we have to see the video of like people driving their cars overdosing on heroin just constant examples i mean you see it all the friggin' time so like not only do you have yes like the indiscretions of youth of like with alcohol and marijuana but then you've got people nodding off behind the wheel because they you know they've got a needle in their arm absolutely so th- this other article i have is another survey that finds that dis- that distracted driving is is on the rise so a new survey put out by the AAA uh, you know, organization, 9 out of 10 drivers on the road believe that distracted driving is on the rise. Um, in 2017, they polled people and 45% of drivers admitted that they text while they drive. Another 35% admitted to reading or sending an email while on the road. I'm guilty of this. As much as I rally against it, I am guilty and I have fallen down on the job on this and I have done it as recently as last week. It's no surprise that nearly, they say, 88% of respondents also said that distracted driving was what worried them most while being on the road. Yeah. It's what worries me most while being yeah. on the road, too. Like you could, The amount of times like you can look at somebody in the car next to you who has not looked up at the road in a long period of time because they're looking down at their phone is scary. And I'll tell you this. 
I'm happy every day that when I'm driving down the freeway that I'm wrapped in like thousands of pounds of steel and all that stuff. I don't know how people who ride motorcycles do it anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. Dude, if you ride a motorcycle right now, you're one of the bravest people I've ever seen in my life because nobody's paying attention on that road. And there's something, oh, dude, I just worry about those people. And I understand that we're all addicted to our phones and we can't go, you know, how far or how long can we go without them. But one of the things that always like makes me shake my head in these situations is like, what are you looking at? on your phone like you're not that important where you have something that like truly needs your attention what are you looking at i can tell you what it is it 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 is not only just looking at how many likes or how many retweets you got on something it's not solely that what you're doing and i'm and again i'm telling you this because i know i do this and so i assume then and maybe i'm wrong but i am assuming that if i do it that probably more people do it as well right not only are you looking at to see like what your impressions were but you're looking to see if certain people have seen this post and have clicked like on it because despite what you think certain things you're posting and are doing you are essentially and this term gets overused a lot right now you are virtue signaling not necessarily about who your ideals but to a per certain portion of your followers to like you know what i mean like back me up on this get be on my side on this so at this point it's no longer really even like texting and driving is kind of like the you know the 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 the, the name for it but at this point it kind of is social, it's social media, media and driving, driving. It, it actually wow. it actually and is. I, like i understand that like it probably feels easier to look at your phone and not necessarily be typing something. Like you can just like briefly look at it and look back up and look at it, look back up. In texting, it's like, well, you know, you're actually doing something with both Got a hands. And, a hand and there, so yeah. it feels safer. But I'm sorry, if it's you not. think that like reading an email is safe while you're driving, you're wrong. It's, yeah, that's 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 not right. They estimate that distracted driving phantom could be the cause of up to 58% of all accidents. Now, my phone does this weird thing, and I thought it was because it was hooked up to the like my my digital dashboard of my car, right. which again, wake up auto miles where you get one of those. There you go. Right. But I, I thought it was because so when I'm driving and I reach for my phone and I press the button on it, it says something, you're in you're driving in the automobile, and it gives you the option, and it actually says, I am not driving right now, meaning if you if right. I was riding in the car with you, it could sit and hit no and use your phone. Which I have also said in in shows in the past where it's like, ah, I kind of feel like this is admissible in court, and I'm like if something should happen, I have overrode right. this thing, right? But it is it kind of puts my phone in airplane mode for me. And so, like, sometimes I don't get alerts a lot of times when I'm in the car. Like, that's the whole point of it. And I kind of like it. My um my phone charger is, like, the, where it plugs in is kind of, like, in between the two, you know, the, the driver and the passenger seat. So it's kind of in the back. So what I've been doing is I just plug my phone in and I just throw it in the back seat. And I'm like, you know what? It's not even, at this point, I can't even, like, really access it. And, like, it's away from me. So our good buddy, Albert Wooden. Mm-hmm. From Save 22, right. which is that organization that helps prevent 22 military members from committing suicide every single day. That's right. what the number is. He says he was hit on a motorcycle by a lady that happened to be on her phone while he was riding. And he's got the video, and he just tweeted it at us. I've retweeted it. I'm, gonna, I'm about to start watching this now. That is, Yeah, I mean, dude, he almost lost his leg because of this. Jeez. So now I have the third article then here. Okay. Texting while driving isn't killing people nearly as much as this behavior behind the wheel. And it's not social media. What is it? Want to guess what this is? I don't know. What is it? Now, before I opened it, I thought it was going to be either eating right. or women applying makeup. Right. I thought we're going to be the two things. Dude's perving out on themselves. Just J&O behind the wheel? No. Oh, great guess, but no. No. Okay. The, the number one distraction 
associated with deadly car crashes is not smartphones. They claim it's daydreaming. They say 172,000 people killed in car crashes over the past five years. One in 10 involved a distracted driver. Of those drivers, Fantone, 61% were daydreaming at the time of the fatal crash. And I buy this because the amount of times I do this, like, this is so scary to admit. But again, if I do this, I'm willing to bet a lot of you are doing it too. I'll be driving someplace and then I'll just like look out my windshield and I'll go, where am I going right now? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you are moving at this machine down the freeway at 70 miles per What do you mean you don't know where you're going? I feel like often coming into work, I'll be like, oh, there's the exit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel like you literally just got into your car and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there it is. Like, what was I thinking about? Um, uh, But like, I mean, when they say daydreaming, I mean... Are they saying, like, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, boy, if I had $10 million, this is what I'd be doing? Or is it just, like, you're thinking of other things? Because I don't, I'm, I'm not sitting there behind the wheel dreaming of, like, boy, I wonder what Bang and Phoenix Marie would be like. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they say here that some people see driving as a time to relax and unwind and let their minds drift off. Drift off, sorry. That's actually one of the worst things you can do. That's John Bloom, vice president of the Personal Auto Erie Insurance and Prepared. Uh, had to say. They say here um, the top 10 distractions involved in, in fatal car crashes, all right? Smoking related is number 10. Moving an uh, object in a vehicle such as a pet or an insect. Again, I saw a woman on Fulton the other day had a full-size dog on her lap while driving down the street Eesh. and talking on her phone. It's like, lady. Now, see, this is interesting. Eating or drinking, Fantone, came in at number 7 with only 1%. That'd be higher. I thought food would be higher for sure. I mean, maybe not maybe not as many like, you know, like fatal accidents, but I'm talking like rear-enders, like you're eating that Taco Bell and you stop at the light, but you really didn't stop and all of a sudden, I thought that would be pretty common. Uh, we'll do the top five here. Using or reaching for a device brought into a vehicle, such as like a navigational device or a headphones, came, that's like 2% of uh, the accidents. Um, okay. Other occupants talking or looking at other people in the car, about 5% of the accidents were caused by that. Outside person, object, or event, such as rubbernecking, about 6%. And again, number two was cell phone use. And number one, generally distracted or lost in thought. Daydreaming, 61% of the accidents. They say they can trace back to that. And I do it in the car. Like some of the times I'll be sitting there thinking, like I'll just be, and I'm kind of looking, it's like one of the, it's kind of like the same thing that happens when you're watching TV without really watching it. Right. Like I'll be looking at the windshield of my car and I'll think to myself sometimes, when's the last time I looked left or right? Like, I have no idea what's going on around now, me right now. at the end of the day, probably more recently than you realize, on, your, on a subconscious level, I think what you're doing there is you're like, all right, at this point, I'm so well rehearsed in driving. I've done this so many times. I'm so fluent at it. You kind of are just going into auto mode there. You're just kind of going into like, and you're doing it. And like, at the end of the day, when driving works perfectly, man, is it an intricate dance? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, things are happening, and everyone's making the right moves at the right times, but all it takes is that one little, like, you know, Slip that up. one little hiccup in the system, okay. that one little X factor, and then you're you not paying attention are all of a sudden, you know, you're rear-ending people and doing all that. That's a that's an absolutely fair point. And here's one of these little hiccups that we can avoid. And I don't think people know this. And so I think that this is a good time for a public service announcement on behalf of me to you. Okay. When you were getting on the freeway, that on ramp, do you know why the on ramps as long as it is? 
It's designed that way so you can reach freeway speed before you merge over. If you would just get to 55 or 65, whatever the, the speed would be, it's an easier merge over. But you doing 30 up it is what's causing all this problem. That's what that lane is for, to reach freeway speed to merge over. All right. That's Stan's one, very driving tool right there. It's one of those things that pisses me <laughs> okay. off. Makes me angry. More show next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com, and have $1,000 to pass out at 810 this morning. We're do that. Friday, Indians home opener against the Kansas City Royals, 410 start time. However, they're calling for some, some weather. Going to be pretty nasty from what I understand on Friday. Um, I'm hearing that we could have like a like a like a snow slush type mix coming down. It's going to be like kind of wintry and nasty, and you know I, I just I think people forget every year that much like we forget how to drive the first time it snows, right. like we forget how long into the year we will get snow. My birthday's at the end of May, May 25th. Plenty of shopping days left. Titleist AP1 irons is what I'm looking for. First one to buy those, you're like the best listener ever. But it is snowed on my birthday. So I don't think it's crazy to think that you're going to get snow for opening day. We've seen it before. I've seen it multiple times on opening day. Yeah, I mean, it's the beginning of April. So I have this question. It's widely considered right now by sports fans that the NBA season and the and the Major League Baseball season are too long. And that not all the games matter. And it's part of the problem with interest in the games. Not so much NBA. This is more so MLB. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, MLB opening day around the country thus far has the lowest ratings baseball's had in 10 years. Wow. For opening week. Now, part of that I would think is that the Yankees home opener had to be postponed due to weather too. Right? Yankees are a big TV brand. So... My question is, aren't we better served by shortening the Major League Baseball season and by shortening it by starting it later and getting it actually closer to summer since it is our summer game and that we could prevent this? Baseball's got to hate this, right? You get all this anticipation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Opening day. Opening day. Opening day. Oh, well, we're going to postpone it. Like, Major League Baseball's got to hate that, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, especially around here. I mean, I don't know if it's this way across the country. No, and I, I actually know it's not because how many opening day games did I watch? And it was like, dude, that stadium's not even halfway filled. So, um, really? Uh, oh, yeah. On opening oh, day oh, games. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's wow. plenty. There's plenty that I've seen. Wow. Um, I didn't see that. I, I, I don't know because if you're going to start pushing it back, well, then you're going to have to start pushing back the 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 playoffs and everything like I don't, that. No, no, no. This is what I'm saying. Is that I? What I'm saying is no, no, no. I don't think you do. I think you just play less games. Um, do I, as a a a, a very casual baseball fan, think that's okay? Yes, but if you take away the 162 games. Everything about baseball changes. Well, yeah. When you change the amount of games in any one particular sport, what the only thing that's affected is revenue made by owner, right. which is a big one, right. and records held. Right. Those two things change. If we could find a way to where the owners could still make the revenue... I, I, we got to get over the records thing. You got to get over it. At that point, though, doesn't the game of baseball change in the sense of like, all right, if we're only playing 100 games this year, how I use my pitchers is considerably different. 
It has to be. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your setup would be different. But it's so much like, I don't care about the records. Like, uh, again, a comedian, once in his stand-up special, Daniel Tosh said, dude, records are, are, are all a joke. Right? You had Babe Ruth out there breaking records before black dudes could play. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, and he, he's, you know, he had finally said, he had hilariously said, that's the better way to say it since that's actually a word. He uh, had said that, do you think he would have been out there doing what he was doing if CC was throwing 90 mile per hour split seams? No, of course not. Like, we got to get over the record thing. But I think baseball, part of the problem is, is that the season's so long, not all the games matter at all. It's the first 50, last 50 that really matter. So it's like if we're just going to be stuck with weather and we got to postpone opening day and the, the season's already too long, how is this not the natural fit? Isn't the real answer to this is, uh, hey, idiots that live in cold weather states, put a, put dome, a on dome on it. What are you doing? I mean, I understand. Yes. I understand maybe like 30 years ago. It was like, I don't know if it's worth the money. But like if you are in the business of a new stadium within the past 15, 20 years and you didn't put that dome on it, what? why? Can't you hold other events in the winter then if there's right. a dome on it? Right. And like now with retractable roofs, like because people always because people bitch about that with football. Football's an outdoor game, man. It's the way it's supposed to be played. Hard nose, man. And it's like, well, dude, you have the retractable roof, though. So you can still get the sun in there. You can still get the sky in there. You could even open it if you wanted some of the snow to be in the stadium. You could do that if you felt like it. Right, right, right. Right? Right. But baseball is not that sport. It's you not know what I'm sport. saying? And, like, uh, yes, if, if the Browns say, you know what, no matter what happens, we're leaving that stadium roof open, fine. But then you, as the as, as First Energy Stadium, have the ability to do it and have the ability to have a Kenny Chesney concert there in, in January. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Now, if you're talking attendance for Major League Baseball, part of that problem is, dude, the stadiums are just too big. They're just too big. Yes, they're too big until they sell out. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, dude, I wish they were bigger. Yeah, but I think you got to understand that they're going to sell out when they're going to sell out, no matter how big they are. Meaning, dude, yeah, in the ALCS, people want to go. But in June, people don't. And so, like, not people don't. People, Some people do. But, like, I just think these stadiums, again, were built in an era where baseball was this huge attraction, and it's not now. And it, why do you think they're gutting seats out of them and putting swimming pools in the back of baseball stadiums? It's because nobody cares. Like, they, like legitimately, dude, it is now all become, how do we get you to the ballpark? Every restaurant you know is in there. There's a swimming pool in the outfield. There's, I mean, all kind of stuff going on. I think, to me, start it later. That way you know opening day can go off. Now, obviously, I think Phantom's got the better fix. You just dome every stadium dome everywhere. Why is every stadium not domed? That makes no sense to me. Again, with retractable roofs. But if you want to play outside, and I would agree that baseball is kind of nice outside. The weather's normally good and this and that. Just start it later. What are we trying to do this in April for? Makes no sense. You got the Yankees, one of the biggest brands in baseball, couldn't have opening day. Couldn't have their home opener. One of the biggest brands in baseball had to postpone their home opener. That's terrible for the sport. It's time to rethink this stuff. Your shot at $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. About to pass out $1,000 here momentarily. So I have this. We now know that the divorce rate in the country, I believe, is around 52%. And I think that that's always been one of the reasons why I've been a little bit hesitant about getting married. It's not People always think it's about the, the, the committing to one sexual partner. It's got nothing to do with that. It just, honestly, it looks a little hard. It feels, I feel like people don't have the commitment standard that they once had 
Um, it gets hard and people are like, well, I guess I'll just get divorced. I think it's so easy now. Where When my mom got divorced from her first husband, not my father, but my brother's father, she was considered to be the town whore. Like, like seriously, like her, I mean, even her parents were like, what are you doing? We don't, you don't get divorced. You just don't do that. She was being beat and people still were like, you just don't do that. Yeah. Different era. No different question era. about it. And no, like, you should not stay in marriages. That's not what I'm saying. But, but I think nowadays people are like, well, I just don't like my husband or my wife anymore. I'm getting divorced. And I, I, I mean, I think there's at least some level of logic there where it's like, I understand that like if you're in a relationship you don't want to be in, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be okay with your Life's life. Too short, and like, be happy. And I, I, I do. I get that. It's but like you make this commitment to each other. And like there's a part of me that almost thinks that like nowadays it's almost like I don't want to say like easier but like i i know people who, who who have this arrangement where it's like all right so we got married had kids now we're divorced and now it's i take the kids for a week versus you take the kids for a week and like looking at it from that perspective i'm like well damn that seems pretty good like you get to be a dad you get to have your kids you get to you know but then they're gone and then it's like okay i can clean my house i can go grocery shopping i can bang out my new girlfriend i can get drunk and and you know it's it's I think it looks good. That seems to me, and this is normally not who you are, but that seems to me to be to, to be looking good from a selfish perspective. I think I, I wonder is it's good for you. I don't know what's best for the child. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, I'm not saying this is like, oh man, if I could, if I could plan out my life, this is what I'd want to do. Um, but yes, it's good for you. And I mean, you know, what's good for the child? Well, I, I certainly don't think it's good for your kid to, to be in a, a, you know, an animosity ridden home. No, where I it's, would agree you know, with that. I would agree with that. That that honestly, that I think that your kids are probably more perceptive than you realize that they are. And if you're arguing constantly, sooner or later, your kid's going to figure out you're staying together for them. And they're going to resent you for it. I remember, like, my friends who whose parents were divorced, and I it was it, like, it was almost like a foreign concept to me. But now it's just so common. Like, I don't think you know. Like, from my perspective, I was like, "What do you mean your dad doesn't live with you?" <laughs> Where I assume my nephew, like, talking to his friends, that's that's not even like, yeah, a, I know. you know what I mean? It's not even a you know. I a mean, thought. it was rare when I was in yeah. high school. Like, all a bunch of my my friends' families had already split up. I, I'll give you another great example here, like. And again, this is pop culture. It's a TV show. You can't really base it on reality. But like, go back to the show Friends. Ross had three marriages, and it they they banged him over that on every single episode. It was the joke. It was like a joke. I got friends my age who have been married three times. I got a hundred of them. I got a hundred of them. Three marriages is no longer what it used to be. I don't. I don't get that. I understand you get married, falls apart, you get married again. But once you start getting into three divorce territory, like, isn't it? Isn't there just a little bit of you that self recognizes like this isn't for me? And whether it's you know bad decisions I've made or bad circumstances I've put myself into or whatever's happening here, this is not for me. I think a lot of that is people not taking the time to to grow into the person they really should be before taking on another life partner is that you probably got into a relationship too quickly after getting out of one. And that's what led to this, but they have a study now from Harvard that found out why 25% of the divorces in the country are happening. And it turns out 25% of the divorces in this country, people split over housework disagreements. I would have thought higher. So they found some committed couples and they found more money spent on cleaning service equaled greater relationship satisfaction. Having too little time to relax after work leads to depression, 
But using income to increase leisure time improves a person's moods. Basically this, outsource what you don't want to do. You don't want to clean the house? Pay somebody to do it for you. Don't want to do your laundry? What do I always say? I use Laundry Express. I don't do my laundry. I pay somebody to do it. As a matter of fact, I'll drop the bag off today. I'll give them $25. I'll show up back tomorrow. Everything will be on hangers. The stuff that's supposed to be hung and everything else will be folded. It's done. It's over. I don't do housework. I, um, I definitely buy into this and I, I think it makes all the sense in the world where it's like if you're stressing yourself out with the maintenance of your home and all these different things, I think the problem and the pushback against this is going to be a lot of people. I don't have the money. I can't it'd be boy it'd be awesome if i could pay somebody to come in here and clean it but how, how where do so i get that money from they say that you can get on job uh, outsourcing apps for and have some, a lot of your housework done for around 40 bucks i don't care who you are you could probably find that now for those people who aren't going to use a financial like solution i don't know why you would ever allow housework to be the reason why you're not married anymore and guys this one's on you a little And I see this in relationships of friends of mine where guys just have this mentality that they went to work. And so when they get home from work, your day's done. And that for whatever reason, what's going on in that house is now her responsibility. Now, part of that, ladies, is that you like to exert your dominance in your home so much and control everything and tell your husband what he can and cannot do. That's part of the reason. You have lulled him into the, well, I'm not going to do anything. Everything I do is wrong and I just get yelled at. There is part of that. However, like I got buddies who don't think they should ever have to wash clothes at home. Don't ever think they should have to do have to do like I have a guy friend in 2018 who will say to you, dude, I got married like this is what I got married for. So I didn't have to do these things. It's like, dude, you didn't get married in 1940, though. You got married, right. You know what I mean? You got married in in this era. Like, welcome to the new era, bro. Well, because, I mean, honestly, most times she's working, too. So who are you to think that, like, hey, I come home, kick my feet back? Exactly. Now, if, point, if, right. if, if, if this is a one-income household and you are providing for her to stay at home all day and, she, and you come home and the house is trashed, I understand oh, why dude. I'd be like, what, what, are we, what are we doing here? I for, I, for 15 years, have said on the radio that if I supply a, a, a life for my wife, and she does not have to work. And I come home and my house isn't clean. It's time for you to pack your things and go. But like that would apply to me as well. For sure. All of a sudden my yes. girlfriend was like, yo, dude, I'm making, you know, a quarter million dollars a year. You can just stay home and, you know, and, and watch wrestling. The house. Right, right. But that, at that point, we're in a different circumstance. So if, if you're both working and you have kids and you think you just get to come home and not do anything, I mean, that's asinine. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. It's like one of these things where it's like, why do you think that your job's over when you pull in the driveway? Now, at the end of the day, I think that most times in life, you can say, oh, it's going to be 50-50. It's not necessarily going to be that. People are going to fall into different roles and have different responsibilities. Certain people are better at certain things. Right. Like, I, I don't expect my girlfriend to go mow the lawn. Like, that's my job. And whether that's, you know, uh, that's oh, like sexual. Uh, well, uh, I mean. it's not right. But that's, you know, that's where it's like, all right, I'm going to go take care of this. She takes care of other things. Like, I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's it doesn't have to be like. All right, I stood up and started cleaning. Therefore, you need to get up, start cleaning. Or I, I, you know, spent a half an hour doing this. Therefore, you need to do a half an hour of this. Like, but there needs to be a balance. I'm a preemptive person. I, I, I like to cut things off at the past before they come to a head. So if I'm sitting around now, I get off. We get off work early in the yeah. afternoon. So when I'm in a relationship 
and I'm waiting for that person to get off work to have dinner with them, I'm not just sitting in my apartment and letting everything pile. Like I'm not, I'm not going to have them come home to a mess. It's just, it's disrespectful to the person. Now I live alone now. So occasionally, and actually right now is one of them where you can walk into my apartment and be like, dude, is this guy all right? <laughs> dude, are things all right? But if you were living, if you were cohabitating with another person and you have more free time to not pick up, I just do these guys that just expect that they shouldn't have to do things because they got married is ridiculous. And ultimately, dude, this is why your wife is like gonna leave you or why or vice versa. Because I do know I have a lot of guys who tell me, like, dude, my wife's a stay-at-home mom, and dude, I come home and my house is a wreck every day. Well, bro, you should put your goddamn foot down when you get home. It's not about the laundry as so much as it is like this is the effort that you're putting in. This is what you're doing here. This is it's what you s- think of our relationship. So I if you're gonna neglect it, yeah, I can totally see it's why a somebody sign leaves. Sign of disrespect to just lay on your ass all day, not do anything and and allow somebody else to provide that life for you. Much like when I fell on hard times and I had to move in with people, I dude, I would do things around their house while they were at work because I was, I was essentially taking a favor from them. That doesn't come free or it shouldn't come free. You should have to do something because of that. So 25% of marriages are splitting up over, over the chores in the house. I don't know why you would allow that to you, for you to get divorced. You know how expensive a divorce is? You're going to allow vacuuming? To cost you that kind of money, that's just ridiculous. Your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock. 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 9.10, we'll get you guys hooked up with $1,000. Also, 9.30. Warp Tour tickets for July 18th out of Boston. There's something happening right now um, in this country that I cannot believe is not a bigger story. All right. Now, when I say this to you, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? It's on the news. And I, I know that. I know the news is covering it. And it's on some of the news websites, too. And I'm sure you've heard about it. But I can't believe this isn't a bigger story. Like it, this, it feels to me like when I've been seeing this reported, it's it's in the headlines of like, or it's in the realm of oh yeah, and this is going on, where I believe that this should be the thing we're talking about, the thing we're talking about, but we're not. And I can't, and for the life of me, I can't figure out why. And that's these teacher walkouts that are happening in Oklahoma, Kentucky, and they say Arizona is right around the corner and it's going to happen next. This is on the news as, oh yeah, and this. Right. And I said to Fanton when I got here this morning that I don't understand why. And here's why it's perplexing to me. Is that when we talk fast food worker in this country, people on both sides ramp right up. They don't make anywhere near enough money. $15 an hour to get my order wrong. We're all in each other's faces. About right, it. right, right, right. One side or the other, right? People do get, right. And my point is, Fantone, that 
I would I understand how that happens because fast food is something that either A, we all have worked in, mm-hmm. or B, technically, we not technically, B, we have all used as yes. a product, right? Yes. And so I have always thought, well, that's why, right? Because it's such a it's such an American thing. It's such a, a daily, you know, user thing. No matter how much money you have, no matter how little money you have, you get something from fast food, right? So I was like, okay, maybe that's why everybody weighs in. But yet all those people who are going to those fast food restaurants, what's one of the big reasons why they're doing it? Because they have children. Well, right. where do your children go? Schools. So why is teachers not making? Why is it that this country will bleed and like it will fawn all over the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, and yet educators who went to college to get get this job in most cases, when they're getting screwed over, zilch, nothing, silence. And I think I figured it out. And teachers, I think you got to understand that you live in a society where most people are dumb. And so this is what I think is happening to you. I think the average human being goes, well, they're off three months in the summer. Like, I wish I could take a month off from my job. Meanwhile, dude, they're not off. They're working other jobs in the summer so they can be a school teacher, which is ridiculous when you think about what an educator is supposed to do. Like, that's crazy that they have to work part-time jobs. Like, it's insane that Fantone and I have to work part-time jobs. But imagine if we had, like, a real job like a teacher. Like, that's crazy. Right. But that's what's happening is that nobody thinks you should make more money because the perception is you only work part of the year. Now, I know that that's not true, but I'm smart. Like the average, the average bear, I'm not so sure is. 180 school days in the year for, for classes. So like whether it's broken up amongst uh, nine months or broken up amongst 12 months, aren't most people going to there say, you're only working 180 days. That's less, mm-hmm. less than half of the year. Yeah, but I, I, I know that that is not technically true, right? And so I think year-round school helps end that perception that you're not working as hard as everybody else and that therefore maybe then you'd be worth more money. Now, these it should be pointed out. Oklahoma was looking for, I believe, a 25% increase in what they were making. Do I have this right? I'm sorry. In Oklahoma, teachers asked for a $10,000 raise for themselves a $5,000 raise for support staff, and $200 million over three years in funding for local schools and $500 million over three years in funding for state agencies and other public employees. Okay? Now, in Kentucky, teachers are protesting an education budget cuts and a plan to make teacher retirement pensions more like 401k. Now, I wish I understood pensions and 401ks better than I do. I don't. I apologize. In Arizona, the movement is still building, and teachers are asking for a 20% raise and an increase in school funding. Now, I have been guilty of saying this, that I don't believe you're ever going to shame minimum wage job providers into paying you $15 an hour, and I maintain that. I don't. I don't think you'll ever shame them into it. But I And I believe everybody in this country deserves to make more money for what you do. God knows I do, right? And so if that's true of me, then it's probably true of you too. I don't live in the, the, this special world where things are only true for me. They're obviously true for you as well. But if there's one job that I feel like I've done a good job of, of being on the right side of this and talking about how we don't spend enough money on this, it is teachers. And guys, by the way, I'm never planning on sending a kid to one of these schools ever. And yet I believe that we should pay teachers. Dude, first of all, let's be honest about what this is. Teachers in America should make $100,000 a year. Base salary. Done. Over. Done. That's what it should be. The problem is you're going to get into a chicken and egg conversation here of like, well, the school's underperforming. Why should I just keep throwing money at something that's underperforming? You know what I mean? Like, look at look at the look at the education rates across the country. Look at how dumb we are. So dumb we can't figure out that you know teachers deserve more money. Isn't the flip side of that coin that that if we ra- what, the, 
if we raise the pay rate, then we get more qualified applicants. Isn't this what we're always saying about cop shootings, that if we raise what we pay the average cop, that we're going to get a better applicant? Both sides kind of have a point there. They of do. Like, of they like, do, of for like, sure. I, if, if you think that I, as taxpayer, I'm just going to write you a blank check in the name of education and like, well, I, I have faith in you that you're going to do your best with it. I mean, look at the, ev- the body of evidence that has presented itself that school districts, that, you know, uh, uh, that communities have, 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 have you know, squandered... T- millions of dollars and, and you have. got nothing out of it. And they have. And people are going to abuse these systems. But I just don't understand the mentality of I'll gear up and cape up for the, for the fast food worker, but this woman that teaches my kid English lit, no. Like, I don't get it. Like, what do you... Wh- why is it... And... Why, why is why is that? Why are you not willing to fight for the education of your child, but you will fight for you know the Happy Meal person? Um, you know, I mean, I, I think there's probably plenty of parental support when it comes to stuff like this, but I think a big part of the problem here is that like all of a sudden this has inconvenienced me, and now if I'm an Oklahoma teacher or I'm an Oklahoma parent, I don't I got to stay home from work. You know, if I'm a waitress in Oklahoma, all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm missing out on a day of wages because I have to stay home from work. So like, I think at least there's there's some level of that where it's like you're my babysitter. So once it, it, it does, it affects me in a different level here. They say the question, and again, I'm getting this from the New York Times, is this a feminist movement? And they say, you're going to notice that the majority of teachers photographed at these protests are female. But they say about three quarters of American teachers are women. And again, yeah, I was gonna say. that is one of those things where I don't know if, if this makes me sexist or not. But when I think teacher, I obviously know I had male teachers. I had some great male teachers. But obviously, one of the first things that comes through my mind when I think teacher is um, caring, compassionate woman is what comes to mind when I think teacher. Now, that happens to describe my brother's wife, who's an educator, perfectly. So maybe that's what I do, right? Maybe, maybe that's what I'm doing, is just drawing from my own personal uh, you know, thing too much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, you can think that it's a sweet little old lady, but I mean, how many stories do we have to hear about teachers banging students where it's not necessarily the, you know... Right, the, there's a little bit of everything. I think it's worth noting here, too, and I mean, I know West Virginia had success with this like about a month ago, probably less than. Um, a lot of what these teachers are fighting about, like, don't get me wrong, yes, they deserve more money, they want more money, but they're also in there fighting for more school funding. This isn't exclusively like, oh, the, well, look at those greedy dicks over there. You know, they just they just want money. It's like, no, they want the ability and the resources to do their job. I mean, you can't, you know, I, I can't blame people for being frustrated when you're dealing with, you know, a, you know, outdated materials and when you're dealing with, you know, a, a school district where kids can't pay attention because it's so hot in there, it's well, cold again, in there, or whatever it well, is. Well, again, you know? that's why the performance is low. That's why the that's why the standardized testing it, 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 scores are low. It, it, it's it's a self perpetuating cycle here. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like I'm not giving you any more money because you're wasting it, and it's like, well, we can't do our jobs because we don't have any money. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it you're going down the drain pretty quick here. So the big question is why is this happening now, right? And the teachers are saying, look, we are borrowing from other movements. We've seen now like the Me Too March and the March for Our Lives and, you know, uh, and, and these kinds of things. They get action. They get traction. It's on the news. People, I guarantee you if, if these teachers just boycotted or just walked out and they didn't have one like a big march, it wouldn't be on the news at all. Like I said, this is an afterthought. This is still this is an afterthought on the news. It's still Stormy Daniels 24/7 a day, which is crazy. This is a huge story. And yet nobody's uh, not nobody. People are on it, but it's being oh yeah and this is happening, which I can't fathom. And again, I don't understand why you will cape up for the pre, pre, for the is it because I mean, what are you saying there? 
that you like your food more than you like your kid? Like, is that what we're saying? Because that's the way it reads to me. That's the way it comes off to me. I just can't believe that this is not a bigger story. I agree. Fast food workers should make more money. But if you don't think teachers in this country are getting screwed over day in and day out, then my best guess is, is you don't know a teacher personally well enough. The amount of money that comes out of their own pockets to buy. As a matter of fact, I bartend with my buddy Tristan. And that's his second job. He is a teacher by trade. High school teacher, right? The amount of money, he'll show me his receipt sometimes, a month, that he's buying things to pass out to kids to help teach them in his classroom. Like, they shouldn't have to spend money out of their personal pocket to buy things to teach your kids. They shouldn't. Now, if they want to do that, that's great. But that should not be something that has to get done in order to get through their lesson plan. I maintain Teachers should make $100,000 minimum in this country. And with that, then I want the standard of the teacher then to then rise. That I want you then educated and to have a degree in the field in which you will instruct in schools. And that's not the standard right now. Because the payment is so low, we'll just take anybody who will do it. It's, do we have got to flip we have got to flip education in this country. It is the silver bullet. It is the thing that will fix all other things. And yet it's a, and this is happening. And this is happening. That's what's happening on the news right now. It's crazy. More Stansberry Show next. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. I'm going to pass out $1,000 coming up at 9.10 this morning. Just part of uh, your opportunity at $480,000. Also, if you have a smart speaker, just say, Alexa, play Rock 106.9 on iHeartRadio. And that's how you can listen to us. Also, Google with the Google Assistant. That's the one Fantone has at home, loves it, swears by it. Yeah, I tried to tell it to play the Rock Mother. Did not work. Told it to play Rock 106.9. Got it. We are submitting uh, Stansberry Show terminology to it. So soon you'll just be able to say, Alexa, play the Stansberry Show. You'll be able to do that. I, uh, I have not heard back whether or not we have a green light on it or not, but I know that the verbiage has been submitted. It was already announced on the show earlier this morning that tomorrow, the start of the Masters, and I will show up tomorrow in Masters apparel. I will be Masters ready in the morning tomorrow. Okay. Well, I mean, you want to give me a little rundown? What no, do you no, want to? No. I, uh, no, no, no. We'll, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to release the information before okay. I show up in it. But I uh, there's a there's a couple of guys. Um, and I wish I could remember the guy. I, I think it was Zach who sent this to me. There are a couple of guys who listen who are uh, also golf crazies. Right. And every time they see anything golf related, they're like, they tag me on Facebook on it. Right. And there was a product being sold for the Masters. I was like, I like it. I want it. I want to own it. I bought it. It got uh, delivered to my house two days ago, just in time for the Masters. And I'll have it on during the program tomorrow. Now, uh, we'll Facebook Live so you can see. You it. know, during a um, during a, you know when when the NBA playoffs get started, I mean, I will certainly wear more Cavaliers gear because it's like, yeah, dude, getting ready for the game tonight, excited, all that. Hyped. But, like, I don't dress up like the players. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not dressing up like a player. <laughs> okay. And I have plenty of golf apparel. Okay. I, uh, you'll see. Okay. I mean, well, then if you're going to be Masters ready, are you? I mean, okay. All right. I guess I'll we'll uh, wait and see. I, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're listening today, you're probably listening tomorrow. I will be here in, in Masters apparel tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll see tomorrow. There it is. Now, there's a guy out there that likes golf more than me, apparently. Uh, this across the pond now, where there was a guy, Steve Grayton, who was trying to complete an 18-hole course, 
and uh, he was about to make the turn. He was coming up to the ninth hole there, and he looked up on the green, and there was a guy laying on top of the green with his pants around his ankles, pumping himself Yeesh. into the hole of the ninth hole. Mm. The man can be seen holding a six-foot flagpole at his bare rear end and filming himself at Brackenwood Golf Course. Um, the guy who was filming him can hurt, can be heard in the clip, and again, I posted this for you, facebook.com slash the Sansbury Show. He can be heard in the clip saying, there's a lad effing himself, filming it on his phone. He's filming it on his phone. Effing his own this. <laughs> and he's just like, he's giving you like the rundown. Yeesh. But this guy's like laying flat on the green. He's got one of his arms reached around his back there, holding the flagpole between the cheeks, and he's pumping the ground. Now, I am a golf fanatic. Right. I mean fanatic. Have played in a foot of snow. Like, I am a fanatic. And I have had sex on a golf course. And I have done, I have done that. But the, uh, and as a matter of fact, when I was growing up, my buddy lived right next to a great course in Solon. He lived right on the course. The amount of things we did at night when you weren't supposed to be out there on that golf course would blow you away. So, like, I have seen plenty of things go down on a golf course, but a man pumping himself, as it says here in this article, into the hole? Yeesh. Well, now... First of all, Fantone, I don't know if you know this, but the the hole in the green, it's not exactly a... um, it's not going to be a snug fit for your penis. No, dude. Unless you're, unless you, you'd e- have to be hung like a tuna can. Even, even then. I mean, even if you had a porn star penis, you're still not filling out a golf hole, dude. I, right? I mean, like they're they're. I mean, like, I think like it's. That, right? I think it's like. I should know this actually. Um, I think they're six inches in diameter. Ah, Maybe yeah. bigger. They, you know, you know what I that's going to say. I, I think it's. Like- I think it's. I think they're three balls wide. So at that point, I mean, like, he really wasn't getting sexual gratification out of that. No, he was filming it to be funny is what he was doing, is my guess is, because he was filming it himself. Yeah, because that that's kind of the thing is like, well, if this was a joke, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, the guy's still a weirdo and deserves, you know, to be punished. But if this is like some sort of weird sexual perversion where you just want to go out and bang golf holes, dude, I mean, we're, we're on a new level there. I would stick my penis in a golf hole. After a hole in one. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've never had one of those. And if I was playing around with my buddies on, like, Sunday afternoon, like we do, sometimes there's, like, 30, 40 of us out there all playing together, which is against the law. Or not law, but against the rules. I uh, and, and I hit one of those, and somebody said to me, do you stick your penis in it? I probably, I probably would do that. I could see myself getting so excited over a hole in one where it's like, dude, I got to bang it. Like, Let's go do that. I can absolutely see myself doing that. But just to do it randomly, I don't think I've ever been that drunk ever in my entire life. Your shot at $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. We'll pass out that $1,000 here momentarily. Again, every hour, not only on the program, but on the day. We do it until 9 o'clock this evening. Part of Rock 106 Nights, $480,000. Saw this yesterday. Where 82 pounds of crystal meth was found and 60 pounds of liquid meth. Which is believed to be Ohio's biggest meth bust ever. This took place the other day. Tyrone Rogers, 36, of Cleveland. Hector Manuel Ramos Navarez, 26. And Gilbert Treviso, 
24, those both are, are from Mexico, are charged with conspiracy to possess with the intent to distribute methamphetamine. Investigators say the warehouse appeared to be used as a processing facility to produce and distribute the drugs. This was in Hudson, I believe. Um, just days earlier, on the 21st of March, authorities busted a man with 44 pounds of heroin on uh, Route 8 in Akron. These seizures are yet another example of the prevalence of drugs and the demand for drugs in the Cleveland area and surrounding communities. That uh, was said from the DEA special agent in charge, Timothy Plancone, in a news release that came out. Um, this was yesterday. Dude, 100. What was it, dude? Like something like 82 in the 60. Jesus, dude, that's a lot of methamphetamine. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, I mean, unless you're a drug pusher, it's an unfathomable amount. I mean, I know people who don't necessarily have like. You know, I've never had you know an encounter with drugs. Probably have a hard time. Like you, you, you hear an ounce, and you're like, oh, that's that's a that, is that a lot? Is that not a lot? Is that a bunch? Is it you know? And but we're talking we're talking hundreds of pounds here, so it's a very very you know significant amount there. I throughout my life have known people who have sold marijuana as like their living. Okay, now it's a different drug, but I have never known anybody who sold marijuana who had 140 pounds of it laying around their house. Oh, God, think about how, how much space that would take up. That's the thing. I think people have a hard time thinking about that, too, is that, like, the difference of, you know, an ounce of pot is a big-ass bag that's, of pot. That's like, a, dude, as a person who will occasionally use said product. I'm never buying an ounce of wheat. Not a, never, but I do very. That's not a normal purchase. A pound of pot is a pillowcase plus. You know what I'm saying? So 184 pounds of whatever it was of meth isn't necessarily going to take up as much space as, well, especially as, as the marijuana. Liquid. Yeah, yeah, the liquid for sure. I uh, I'm just not really familiar. I guess that I, I I just haven't had a lot of experiences with methamphetamine. Um, but I I I I don't know what the process is from taking it to liquid into like. Do you, do you you know do you sell liquid meth or is it do you, can you, do you do it like I don't know I would imagine by I don't know the answer to that but I would imagine by now people have figured out how to take liquid meth and have that be a version of it that they can take yeah I mean I know of like crystal you know what I'm saying like smoking like, it right smoking it or snorting it or whatever but I don't know what you do with liquid methamphetamines I don't I don't know what that is I wonder if it's like the old thing where they used to do with liquid acid are you taking like an eyeball dropper and dropping Drop it straight it in? in I don't know I, I, I genuinely have no idea on or that. maybe like mescaline maybe you just drop it directly on your tongue which I've never done but I know fear and loathing in Las Vegas made right. mescaline look amazing like, man I got Get my hands on that. I mean, I mean, you look terrible, but it did it. Like they they romanticized that drug in that movie pretty well. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. Hats off to first responders here. Um, you know, 184 pounds of meth. Obviously, there's going to be lives saved here. But whoever it was from the DEA office brings up an excellent point. Is like the need and the desire and the want for these drugs is here. You know what I mean? Like there's there's somebody else right now. Filling this hole, the yeah. filling this 184 pound methamphetamine hole. For sure, hole. there is. I, dude, the problem with drugs in this country, I think, is that it's all we do is stick fingers in the dam, and then just more cracks then happen down the line. And I don't know if we legalize every drug, if that's the answer, but I think other countries around the world have shown um, that decriminalizing other drugs can be beneficial to where you're at that 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 if you can at least reduce the amount of crime around the drug itself that that is even beneficial that 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 you can do that 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that's a victory in itself is that, you know, if you're if you're at the very least, if you're taking it out of the hands of drug dealers, you're taking away that revenue source, you're taking away the ability for them to have, you know, money. So I, I, I get that. I just it's one of those things that it's just such a big problem. I, I wish there was like a hey, no, this is what you idiots need to do. But like, I can't I can't I can't fault the authorities and the powers that be of not being have being able to figure this out because it's such a big problem. Well, I mean, part of the reason why we can't figure it out and I'll put that in air quotes is because of how many people make money off the drug war in this country is that dude the war on drugs do you know how many jobs are related to that yeah but hundreds of thousands but do you think there's like one decision that people could make that authorities could make that would really change the tide here I mean I think decriminalizing and and or legalizing drugs changes how things happen in this country yes and I think we see a positive I think we see a positive action after that. But you tell people you want to legalize drugs and they freak out. And they freak out because it's so different than than anything you've seen in your life. But again, not that we should open the floodgate tomorrow, okay? But we have been terrified in this country over legalized marijuana forever. We've been terrified of doing it. And now we've done it. In Colorado, I've how many times have I harped on this where they sent money back to the taxpayers of the of the state. As a matter of fact, they're taking some of the money made in Colorado right now and they're going around the state and they're housing homeless veterans with the money made from marijuana. What an evil plant marijuana is, right? How terrible marijuana is. So evil and dirty. What a what, what a dirty jazz lettuce those those negroes in their marijuana. Like dude, the reefer madness in this country is insanity. Right. We're also now finding out when you legalize marijuana, you know what happens that 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 in the area where you legalize the marijuana, that the opiate addiction drops and that the deaths from the opiate addiction problem drops. We have been sold this war on drugs because of the fact that it makes money and that dude if you legalize or decriminalize drugs what happens is judges are out of work cops are out of work prosecutors are out of work these and and, you know uh, parole officers all these people dude they're all out of jobs they're all and that's what it is that's why they always harp on this no you can't do this it's rigid and they sell you on what on your safety they sell you on your kid's safety well how then how come in other countries this is what I love. This is this this right here. This is why I love this argument so much. The same people that go, these countries over here ban guns and they don't have gun murders are the same people that don't want to admit that those countries did the same thing with drugs and that that's not a good system for here then. Why? How can that be true? Now, I would tell you that nation to nation things are going to happen differently. And I do believe America is inherently more violent, and so that's what part of the reason why we have the gun problem in this country than we don't have in some other places. I believe, yes, gun control is probably part of that reason, too. It's going to be a variable. But looking at another country and saying, those are the gun laws we should have, and then saying, well, but their drug laws are crazy, I think is crazy. But it is fund- we are funding both sides of this war. We're funding both sides of it, and you'll never win it that way. The demand for drugs has steadily staying the same. Right. The demand for drugs has been about where it's been forever. And yet the prices of drugs keep going down or staying the same. Why is it that a quarter bag of weed cost me the same now as it did in 1994? Inflation hits everything else but drugs. And you know why? It's because of the amount of drugs that are being sold. That's why. It's because so much of it is being moved every day that it can sustain its pricing. 
That's because the demand is always going to be there. So at some point, don't you just throw your hands up in the air and go, we really can't do anything about this, so we're better off going this way? But no, of course we won't do that. We will keep cutting off our nose despite our face and then virtue signal online about how we better do something about this except for the thing that would actually help it. Your shot at $1,000 is right now. On- your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200 200 You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bills to 200-200. Rock. 1069. 1069. 33 tonight. Kevin Love, a healthy one. The bottom. Right. Shoot the layup for K Love. Audio from the from the Cavs ass whooping of the Toronto Raptors last night. LeBron goes off for 27. You hear Kevin Love hitting the three there, which he's known to do. Yeah, he really has just been, since returning from this injury, just been amazing. Like, Kevin Love has just changed what the Cavaliers are capable of. Now, I wonder if part of that, Fantone, is the roster flipped over twice this year. Kevin Love's still here. So if Kevin Love's looking up and down the bench like, you know what? I'm one of, despite what people say on Instagram and Twitter, I'm one of LeBron's, like, men. I'm, like, one of his dudes. I think a big part of it is is that he is now the number two, where when Kyrie was on the team, he was the number three, and there was no question about that. When Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade were on the team, there was a little bit of like, well, who's really running, you know, Robin to Batman right now? Where now Kevin Love is that Robin, and I think he's more than willing to embrace that role and more than willing to do what he needs to do there. So, like, we were talking about it earlier. I'm not going to go out on the limb and say, like, when the Cavs win, but I'm going to say, why not? I am giving them a better chance to win the NBA Finals now than I was two months ago. That's what I will say. That I think that there's some stuff going on in the West. Now, I think Houston would be tough to beat, even if it's not Golden State. I think Houston's going to be tough to beat. But I think the Cavaliers have a better shot to beat Houston than they do Golden State. I don't know what makes me say that, but it's just a gut feeling. I could be wildly wrong on that. But it's just a gut feeling I have. And I agree with you on the Kevin Love. That's a good observation there, Fantone. I agree with you. that I think there's something about being the number two versus the three that fits Love very well. And I think we saw it when he was in Minnesota where it's like, dude, you're good. You're a great one guy for Minnesota. But like, if you're going to make a real run at a championship, you're probably not going to be the anchor of said team. And that you're, gonna, that, that you're a great two. That may be true of Kevin Love there. I posted a video up at uh, Facebook.com slash The Stansbury Show earlier this morning. Now, it's a rendering. This is not a real video. It's a rendering uh-huh. of something that people want to create or what, that there's an idea out there to make. And I think it's awesome. And it is, and I think Canton, Ohio, Maslin, too, and pretty much every city in, in Ohio could really use this. And what it is, this is a pothole fixing machine. And what it is, is that the truck pulls up. And it pulls past the the pothole in question, and out of the rear of the truck comes down a drill, right? The drill goes around the pothole and cuts a uniformed position, whether it be a circle, square, whatever, like the uniform position is best for one particular pothole, right? So the drill comes out and drills like a space in the center of it. Then it brings down its own like vacuum, which sucks all those particles that it just like gr- that it like use the grinder to grind up, and then they spray a filling in it, and then the truck carries in the back of it these plates that are either circles or squares, all different shapes and sizes, 
and then they put one of those on top of where they just drilled down at, and then a paver comes down and smooths it out, and then they move on to the next pothole. So you see what I'm saying there? It cuts a hole around the pothole itself, fills it, and then places a placement over top of it, and it like fixes this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's so much frustration when it comes to potholes. I think there's a lot of like, well, dude, well, well yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're being creative. We'll think outside of the box. I just don't see that being as a financially viable option. You know what I mean? Like, I, we don't have the money to send two dudes out there and, and, and to hammer it out. So, like, how are we going to, you know? Well, doesn't this machine over the length of its life end up saving you that money that, that, that we're worried about spending on it? Um, yes. And you can point to a lot of technology things. I just don't think people are going to, you know, it's like, Hey, we got to buy this million dollar, you know, yes. Are people going to be upset about the fact that you're going to spend money on something like that? Yes. Although I wonder because people bitch about the pothole problem so much, if they're not just going to be like, yes, thank God. Like, cause I mean, dude, a lot of cars have like aluminum rims. Like I got a buddy, Chris, who last, this was last year. Now it was Lakewood, not necessarily Canton, Ohio, but like, dude, let's be honest. The potholes here are pretty bad. He had to buy three rims for his car last year, three in a season. Now I know you can, you can like file a complaint with the city and sometimes you'll be able to win that. You know, they'll, they'll give you some sort of money, but you're right. I mean, you look at the, at the, at the loss of value of a car that's gone through Ohio winters versus somebody who's, you know, lived in North Carolina or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a financial burden on people to have to deal with this stuff. Um, but is this like like you said? This is just an artist rendering, so there's no working model or anything. Or not, like- I have not seen a working model of it. I think it's an idea that's out there, and people have done it. And just because this one guy's like, let's see it in action, not a renter. It's like, well, dude, this the, this is how this ideas is where it starts, right? Right. This is how ideas happen. The answer to Canton's potholes, and I guess you know, there's going to be cities that are like, you know, maybe North Canton will be like, you know what, we're buying this million dollar machine, and you, you fools down in Canton can go f yourselves. Um, but the answer to Canton's pothole problem is. Is more people moving into the city and paying taxes? I yes, can't. It is. I can't come up with anything else where it's like, well, if we just did this, it's like, no, the funds just aren't there. And well, until that happens, I would agree that that we need more people living in Canton proper. I would totally agree with that. Now, I we rely on on inmates to clean up the side of the freeway. We rely on inmates sometimes to paint the lines on said freeway. Why are we not relying on inmates to do road work? I don't think it's the I don't think it's the cost of labor. Manpower. Yeah, that's really really the problem here. And you're going to get into this situation of like, well, dude, I'm a I'm an honest working American, and I want that. You know, I want to be the one out there fixing yeah. the potholes. That, that there's truth in that. And like, I, I've at least because you you've seen some decent. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Canton still has plenty of potholes, but I've seen some decent progress where like you see the guys out there. I always try to roll my window down and like, yo, hey, thanks, guy. You know what I'm. Saying just because it's like, dude, what a what a crap job that is. If you tell somebody you work in the street cruise, you know, of Canton, automatically it's like, well, boy, look at this pothole yeah. over here. No, it's yeah. like, dude, I'm just a guy, man. It's well, it's very much like, dude, I yeah, I work at a radio station. Seriously, what's up with the red hot chili oh, peppers? Chili peppers, all you play? Nirvana and chili peppers? No, you're right. I mean, it's absolutely the same kind of thing. This guy's actually bringing up a good point. It's like, dude, the city doesn't buy the machine. What you do is you hire a subcontractor that has the truck, and then you just like pay him to do it. 
which I don't know what's going to be cheaper there at the, at the end of the day, but that actually sounds like a pretty good idea. But something needs – like I've been on this for a while that I believe that we still do road construction and fill potholes the way we do it because of the jobs and that we actually have a better system. We know what the system would be, but we know we're going to put a lot of government jobs out of work. And so the, the people are like, nah, dude, we ain't doing that. I think that there is a little bit of – there's probably a system you could put on the road that wouldn't break, crack, or whatever for 25, 30 years. I mean, dude, we've got food that can stay on the shelves forever, but we can't fix a pothole for longer than a year straight. I mean, guys, come on. We obviously do have that. It's just there's a little job protection in that, and that may be okay. I mean, I don't want more people out of work, but it just seems to me like that truck actually is a really, really, it's at least the the first steps of a really good idea. If you want to check that out, you can do so. Facebook.com slash The Stansberry Show. We'll pass out those Warped Tour tickets to end the program. That's next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have Warped Tour tickets. going to pass those out here momentarily. Before the break, I made you aware of a video that we posted at Facebook.com slash The Stansberry Show of a rendering of a pothole filling truck. Turns out a member of our audience found out that these actually do exist. There is actually one being used and he gave me the Gizmodo link. And so I have uh, copied that and then posted it in the comment section of the original post of the said truck. So you can see one actually in working order. Looks pretty sweet, man. As uh, I have changed the, I have changed my ride in to work every morning my route i have i take a different route than i used to it's longer because 11th street is that it's got to be southwest downtown right there which you take you cut off of like market onto 11th and then you get on the freeway right there i mean dude it's disastrous there is a pothole in 11th street that's the size of a garage door it's crazy and then I was driving up Tusk the other day, like right by that BP. And there's, I mean, dude, you could stand in some of those potholes up there. That's why, dude, I, it's why when I saw this machine, I'm like, hell yeah, man, we need to get on one of those. Dude, I got to get my taxes done today. And I think, I, and honestly, I don't have all my proper documentation. Mm, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I have my W-2 from here. Right. And I, I have the website to log into to get my W. There's some reason, dude, I now with my bartending job, I don't right. work for one company. I work for two. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is. But apparently, dude, they said, well, we mailed the one W-2 to your house. No, they didn't. And um, and then the other one I can get online. So I think I'm just going to go with one of my W-2s from that job and not both and see if I can get this done. Um, but I do have an appointment today to get it done. I don't know why I waited so long. It's so crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it's April already. Like, Well, I mean, again, they changed the date. It's not the 15th now. I believe it's, 17th, it's, 18th. The, it's the 17th right. of this year um, as part of that. But I do have to get that You got time, then. You got two weeks. You know what I'm saying? You got two full weeks left. You'll be fine. Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't I don't want to, like, have an appointment set with H&R Block uh, and then blow that off. The thing I always say about, about like, uh, your tax rebate and all that is I know a lot of people are like, dude, I want that money right now. Sometimes I will push it off because I'm like, nah, I'll take that money later. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay right now. You know, usually it's like, oh, my God, give me that cash. But, you know. Uh, well, I mean, it's the nice thing about being gainfully employed. You know I what I mean? Like, I, um. You know, it's like, yeah, whatever. I, I can kind of wait on this. Like, I uh, I do want the money. Um, I actually found, I haven't seen it in person yet, but I found a house online this morning that uh-huh. I'm very interested uh-huh. to go look at. 
and um, it's well within my price range. It's in a nice neighborhood, and um, it, it it looks great. It's in nor it's it's in the North Canton section, okay, a little bit. So it'll be kind of nice maybe to get out of downtown now, having lived here almost four years. No, go check it out, dude. I don't know what the hell so, else are you doing with your life. I think that's gonna <laughs> I, totally go check that out. I think that's gonna be part of what uh, the tax return check goes to. I was gonna do golf clubs, but I think probably a better place to live. Yeah. Is probably the better way yeah. to go there. Let's send you to do the, the Warp Torch, July 18th, Blossom. We'll take caller 15 right now, 1 800 243 7625 on those. And Teresa will actually get you hooked up with another $1,000 at 1010 this morning. Aside from that, we are done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 1069. You guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show, Kenton's Rock Station, Rock 1069.